Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Psalm 41? So great to gather in the Lord's house with the Lord's people. Psalm 41, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. We know the effects of the fall. We know the reality, the reality of suffering, pain, sickness. And the truth is that until that day Christ returns and sounds the alarm that constitutes for all a place without suffering, pain, and sickness, these remain. Revelation 21, verses 1 to 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Suffering. Is there even one that doesn't face this? Pain. Is there even one that doesn't feel this? Sickness. Is there even one that hasn't known this? And to some, the world seems kinder. Yet all are acquainted with these. And I want to take a moment and remind us today that the Lord is sovereign. And the Lord has not surrendered His sovereignty. He is in control. We don't always understand. We don't always comprehend. We can't always make sense of it all. I think of Job. Did this righteous man understand? Could he comprehend it all? Comprehend what was happening? Was he able was he able to make sense of it all? Listen to these words from a man who gave his all for his king. 
Accept your thoughts of despair and of faith, your doubts and their solution, your moments of madness and their passing away. Allow it all to happen to you. You imagine that you are thinking. In fact, you are being thought. You may be an experiment for angels. You may be the object of a bet between God and Satan, like Job. Be determined to cling to God even if he slays you, even if he slays your faith. If you lose your faith, then remain faithlessly his. If all the fruits of the Spirit disappear and you remain a barren tree with only leaves, remember that leaves also have a purpose. Under their shadow, the fruitful ones may rest in the embraces of their divine lover. Leaves are used by the bride to make a garland for her beloved. Leaves are changed into healing medicines. And even when the leaves become yellow and fall withered to the ground, they can form a beautiful carpet on which he will walk towards those who have remained faithful to the end. These are not the words of Job, but let's be clear today. And let's clear the table today and establish once and for all that the reason Job was the product of a bet between God and Satan is because he was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. How do I know this is true? Don't take my word for it. God himself said so. Job 1, verses 6 to 12. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now... Stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Do the blameless face things? Does the torment come? Does the enemy roar against the upright? Does he sink his teeth into the ones that fear God and shun evil? Listen to the text, reading from the Message Bible. Have you looked into the man, Job, my servant? He is unlike any other person on the whole earth. A very good man. His character spotless. His integrity unquestioned. In fact, he so believes in me that he, that he seeks in all things to honor me and deliberately avoids evil in all of his affairs. 
You know what? Those are the words of the Lord. And the enemy didn't want an argument. Verses 9 to 11, I won't argue with you that he is pious. But is all of this believing in you and honoring you for no reason? Let the Spirit speak to the church today. Haven't you encircled him with your very own protection? And not only him, but his entire household and all that he has. Not only this, but your blessing accompanies wherever his hand touches. And see how his possessions have grown. It's easy to be so pious in the face of such prosperity. So now extend your hand. Destroy all of these possessions of his and he will certainly curse you right to your face. truth today is this. God has his money on us. He's gone, on all, he's gone all in on our character. And you're saying it only happened once in the Bible, and I would simply ask today, are you sure? Are you sure the Lord hasn't spoken these words since? Have you considered my servant? Don't want to be a Job? It may be one of our jobs. One of our assignments on this side of eternity. To what degree? As the Lord leads and as the Lord needs. But let's remember that we do all know the effects of the fall and we know the reality of suffering, pain, and sickness. And perhaps you're sitting here this morning and You're saying, is this a miserable message? Hardly. This is a holy message. You say, how so? Well, imagine this. Imagine the Lord God Almighty is so sure of your character that he was willing to bet on you. Imagine that your name comes up. Would this not be the greatest honor? Again, his words, Have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? The message paraphrase reads, God said to Satan, Have you noticed my friend Job? There's no one quite like him, honest and true to his word, totally devoted to God and hating evil. The NLT, the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. But Lord, I've, I've been blameless, I've been upright, I've feared you, stayed away from evil, this hardly seems, hardly seems right, hardly seems fair. 
Well, we know that the enemy went to work on Job, and if you don't know that the enemy went to work on him, let me just give you a little list here. Job lost everything. His oxen and donkeys taken away. His sheep dead. His camels taken away. His servants dead. Sons and daughters dead. Imagine the suffering. Imagine the pain. A blameless and upright man who feared God and shunned evil had to endure. Job 1, verses 20 and 21, then Job arose. After all this has happened, then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground, and he worshipped. I wonder how many would respond like that. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, Job 1, 22, in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Are we not challenged by these words today? Are we not moved by these words, gripped by these, these words? Surely the suffering and pain would cease. I mean, Job had passed the test with flying colors. Surely it was over. Well, Job 2. Why did there have to be a Job 2? Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? And still, he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. And so Satan answers the Lord and he says, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now. And touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, 
Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Suffering, pain, sickness, the attack on bone and flesh. Verse 10. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Simply amazing. You know, I've been struck with the question asked by the Spirit as of late. When did Job know he was the product of a bet between God and Satan? And I thought about it. The end of the book. We perhaps don't understand what's what's going on sometimes. We can't comprehend it. We can't make sense of it all, but God is sovereign. God is in control. Our responsibility is to remain blameless, upright, to fear God, to hold fast to God, and to shun evil, to not sin, and to not sin with our lips. Suffering, pain, sickness, the attack on bone and flesh. Is there even one here today that has not faced suffering, that has not felt pain? It is not endured sickness. Attack on bone and flesh. And yes, it may be that the world seems kinder to some. Suffering, pain, sickness, the attack on bone and flesh. Where do we find comfort in the midst of it all? Who would be our comfort? You know, if you've read the book of Job, right after verse 10 of chapter 2, friends showed up. They made an appointment to come and mourn with him and comfort him. And I'm going to share some words, and it's by no mistake that I pick up a book Wow, just now that I never finished reading years ago. How wise a comforter is the Holy Spirit. Job had comforters. And I think he spoke the truth when he said, miserable comforters are ye all. Job 16, 2. Did people not comprehend his grief and sorrow? They thought that he was not really a child of God. They thought that he was self-righteous, and they gave him the wrong treatment. It is bad when a doctor mistakes a disease and gives the wrong prescription. From every comforter except the Holy Spirit, I turn. 
for he alone gives the wisest consolation. Mark how safe a comforter the Holy Spirit is. All comfort is not safe. Do not doubt his grace because of your tribulation, but believe that he loves you as much in seasons of trouble as in times of happiness. And what is all your distress when weighed against the scales of Jesus' agonies? Especially at times when the Holy Spirit takes back the veil of heaven and lets the soul behold the glory of the upper world. Then that saint can say, Oh, thou art a comforter to me. Let cares like a wild deluge come and storms of sorrow fall. May I but safely reach my home my God, my heaven, my all. It doesn't matter what age we are. I'm sure we've all felt some, some measure of suffering. We've all endured some measure of pain. Perhaps now. We've all faced sickness. And the truth is we, we don't understand. We don't always understand. And the truth is we can't always comprehend. And it's so true that it doesn't always make sense. But I want us to know this today. The saints are not alone. The saints are never alone. Psalm 139, verses 7 to 18. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I got two questions to ask. Is the Spirit of the Lord, the comfort and comforter, not allowed in certain places? Does the Spirit of the Lord, the Comfort and Comforter, have restricted access? 
Psalm 41, verses 1 to 3 in the voice. Blessed are those who consider the helpless. The eternal will stay near them, leading them to safety in times of bitter struggle. The eternal defends them and preserves them, and his blessing will find them in the land he gave them. He moves ahead to frustrate their enemies' plans. When sickness comes, the eternal is beside them to comfort them on their sick beds and restore them to health. Listen to verse 1, the Passion Translation. God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and helpless. You say, where are you going with this? The Amplified, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is he who considers the weak and the poor. The New Living Translation reads, all the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. What do you mean, the poor? Literally translated, low, poor, weak, thin, one who is low. Is this one of the keys to the comfort and comforting of the Lord? I believe it is. And the Lord would have us have his heart for those that are suffering, for those in pain, for those sick, for those whose bone and flesh are under attack. Yes, for the low, the poor, the weak, the thin. The worship team can return today. You say, how does this relate to Job? Think about it today. If the Lord was able to say of Job, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Surely Job must have been a man who considered the helpless the poor, and the weak. And you know the truth? I don't know if you've read the book, but when you read the book, even though there is suffering, pain, and sickness, attack on bone and flesh, and yes, attack on who we are, when people can't comprehend our grief and sorrow, when they think we are not really children of God, when they think we are self-righteous and they give us the wrong treatment, remember your comfort. Remember your comforter. And remember that no matter where you find yourself, remember this today, no matter where you find yourself, He will stay near you. There are many here today that need to receive this word because you need this word. He will stay near you, leading you to safety in times of bitter struggle. He will defend you and preserve you. And his blessing will find you in the land he gave you. He will move ahead to frustrate your enemy's plans. And when sickness comes, he is beside you to comfort you on your sickbed and to restore you to health. 
you are never alone. Listen, Job did not let go of blameless and upright. He did not let go of a blameless and upright way. He did not let go of his fear of God. He kept shunning evil when prosperity was touched. It's easy to be pious in the face of prosperity. And he didn't let go of these and integrity when bone and flesh were attacked. You know, my prayer for this house, and I've been praying this over the last few days, I pray that we never let go and don't sin. And don't sin with our lips. Let others curse God and die and let others say what they will. He knows the way we take. And when he has tested us, we shall come forth as gold. The Lord considers his servants. The Lord considers his servants. I don't know how this message is speaking to you this morning. It's just what the Lord gave me. So it's being obedient, speaking it out. Perhaps we're not facing any suffering right now. We're not feeling any pain right now. There's no sickness attacking us personally right now, but what does the word say? Blessed are those who consider the helpless, who consider the poor. I don't know about you, but when I hear that there are brothers and sisters that are facing very real things, it breaks my heart. How can it not? We're family. So when facing suffering, pain, sickness, we need to consider them. We need to pray. We need to hopefully be good comforters, <laughs> but leave room for the Holy Spirit. Don't judge the situation wrong. Don't judge them wrong. Don't give them the wrong treatment. You know how the enemy plays with the mind. If you just would have prayed a little harder, if you just would have tithed a little more, gave a little more, gone to church a little more, you know, on and on these thoughts come, but we just need to continue to be those that are blameless and upright, hold to integrity, fear God, shun evil. I love his response, the response of Job. When these things happen, what did he do? He worshipped. He worshipped. Now that is the way of a true believer. That is the way of a true saint. It doesn't mean you don't fight things and fight fears and all this, but worship, worship, worship. We cry out, but worship. You know, I've already said it, but I just want us to understand today there may be those in this room that are the product of a bet between God and Satan right now. Have you considered my servant? And the Lord is banking on you. He's gone all in on your character. 
He's gone all in. And so hold to your integrity. Keep the faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's stand in this room today. If there are any here today facing sickness, there is a great physician. And you may be in this room or in another room and you feel all alone. You're never alone. He is beside you even now to comfort you and to restore you. You know, we read in the Word of God these words. A voice cried out, Lord, are you willing? And I say today, as for me, I'm not going to question his desire to heal and restore. His words, I am willing. I am willing. I am willing. Lord, we lift you up in this house today. We lift you up. Lord, there are many names being spoken in this time. Many declarations being announced that are not of you. Diagnosis. Lord, we don't trust in the arm of the flesh. We trust in the arm that is not too short. Lord, we ask today that even in this moment you would move in power. You would move, Lord. You would consider your servants as we know you do. We ask, Lord, for those in this house, Lord, those brothers and sisters that need a touch from you, we ask, oh God, that you would release your healing power. We know that you declared it, and I'll keep declaring it. Exodus 15, 26, he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. We know that you are not a man that you should lie, and so we trust you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would be those, Father, that consider those that are not well, who are under attack for whatever reason, No matter, no matter the reason, oh God, that we have a heart to pray and a heart to believe and a heart to confess and a heart, Lord, that is not questioning, but Lord, a heart that does not sin. And Lord, that our lips would not sin, but that we would speak the words of life, for your words are life and your words are health. And so we thank you for that today. We're just going to begin to lift up this song and if you need a touch from the Lord you are more than welcome to make your way to the altar you're more than welcome to come and we'd love to pray with you if you'd like prayer you know and the healer walks the aisles too so I mean you don't have to come up right Jesus is here he's here beside you to comfort you he's here and I just felt like we should pray for healing this morning and it's not me praying for healing that's going to do anything listen I'm not that's not it. He's the great physician. And it's a time for the whole body 
to exercise prayer (laughs) and the declaration of faith. And it's a call that we all stand together and that we actually feel gripped and compassion and actually feel pain for those that are facing these things. Jesus felt very real agony, did he not? And so if you need a touch from the Lord, you're free to come. You can just lift your hands in the house, whatever you need to do. And the worship team is just going to sing this out, these beautiful words that he is the way maker. (laughs) He's the promise keeper. He's the light even in our darkness. And the truth is, even when we don't see it, he's working. And even when we don't feel it, he's working. And Our God is sovereign. Let's remember that today. And so the team will lead, and we'll just allow the Spirit to move for a few moments here, and we'll close in prayer. Thank you, Lord.